0: Have you ever wondered why you aren't getting the results, relationships, or life that you want, or why some of your clients run into the same problems? I'm certified life coach, Lindsay Pullman, and I'm here to tell you that there's nothing wrong with you. There's just more to understand about the multifaceted beauty of the human body. I believe that being trauma-informed is an essential standard of care for coaches, and I'm here to support life coaches who recognize that there is so much more than mindset work when it comes to supporting ourselves and our clients responsibly so glad you're here. Come on in. Hey, everybody. I hope you're doing so well today. It's so funny. I've been testing out my new microphone, brand new microphone, and realizing that my computer one's better. <laughs> you sound so much better. Hopefully you don't hear too much background noise because I don't think the computer ones are meant to block out background noise, but just wanted to share this funny thing with you because my microphone, has been it's been a thing these days, right? Today's such an interesting day. I I sat down and I had some other tasks I wanted to complete, but I felt like I, I needed to write. I needed to just like stuff inside of me needed to come out. It makes sense because I have had a lot of different things on my mind this week, just with events happening in the world today, events happening in my little world today and that, that I'll share a little bit more about. And so I will get to the point of my podcast course, and overall what the theme is is just this idea of the subtle superiority that comes with intellectualizing, but the unintended consequence of dehumanization that can happen from that. So I'm just going to share a few examples of where society, especially Western culture tends to hierarchize people and why that doesn't always matter, even though it can matter. And then we'll jump into the rest. And I am a little emotional today because we're actually attending a funeral. Some dear friends have this adorable little child who's been fighting for her life pretty much since the day she's been born. And she passed away last weekend. And so the, that funeral's today. So that's been on my mind too. Like what, what really matters when it comes to being a human and having a, a human experience on this earth, right? So- I'm just gonna jump in because I'm definitely feeling sadness for the about the world, sadness for my friends, and when big world tragedies strike and local ones, I don't always feel like I can speak to some of the tragedies that are happening around the world just because of you know where I sit in on the spectrum of privilege, and also because a lot of these stories aren't my stories, and so my goal as a white Heteronormative human who was raised Christian is to really spend time listening and not intellectualizing. Okay. I'm just going to share a little example of something that we've been experiencing here in France this year. So, this first little part (laughs) of this episode is just this phrase I have. It's a little bit bold, but it says, I don't care about the letters to the right of your name. Okay. And When it comes to hiring doctors and finding dentists and therapists, perhaps even coaches, it's I care, but I also don't care, okay? I care, but even with those letters, I want to make a call based on my gut. And here is an example as to why, and I'll share a little bit. I'll share even more. I have a beautiful little eight-year-old. Her name is Gwen. And my husband was in, in a past life, but not really a past life, eight, 10 years ago, He was practicing as a dentist and he stopped practicing as a dentist because of a bunch of childhood trauma that came to a head that manifested in anxiety, panic attacks, depression, shaky hands. And so he stopped working for a while to get all that figured out. And while he wasn't working, he realized it wasn't his life's calling. As much as he loved a lot of different parts of it, the pieces that he loved the most were connecting with humans. And he realized he could do that as a coach. So he no longer practices as a dentist even though he was a kick-ass dentist. And I wish he could still be my dentist a lot of times, (laughs) even though I was was probably his worst patient. Anyway, so we live in France and we've found a few local dentists here that we've been pretty happy with. One was even educated, went to dental school in America, which was fun, especially because that dentist spoke a lot of English. And I took my kids in for a cleaning last March. And apparently my little Gwen had a giant cavity But a lot of times with cleanings here, they don't do x rays. I think it just depends on the practice, really. But she had a huge cavity that was missed. And June rolls around, and we're about to leave for the entire summer. And three days before we leave, she went to Danny and was like, hey, my tooth's hurting. And so he may not practice as a dentist, but he still keeps the cleaning instruments with him. He has a little kit with him that one of our friends gave us. So he did a little check and there's this giant filling. And Danny was upset because he was like, how did you miss, how can you miss this? And so we call that dentist and let him know we're leaving for two months and we need that, that filling to be fixed. And I, I get that these dentists are oftentimes overworked and, and every industry is different, but. I was a little disappointed that he didn't make a point to see her before we left. So luckily we had another backup dentist um, and she did take Glenny in. And when Danny had taken our other kids into this dentist, he had sat there with the dentist and even assisted her. So that, so he was like, yeah, she does good work. And unfortunately it was me that went in and this feeling was just, it was, she filled the hole or whatever, cleaned it and filled it. But it was so big that it probably should have been treated differently. I didn't know that. Okay. And then five weeks rolls around five, six weeks into our summer while we're traveling, her shoe starts raining again. I try to find a local dentist up in the mountains. And this dentist is just, no, you have to go through this website. And I can't see her till September, but that's two weeks away. And so we had to take her to a general doctor just to get antibiotics because the dentist wouldn't prescribe antibiotics. And Luckily, the general doctor did so that we could get home and then get treated. So we get home, and I go back to the first dentist, and again, just not really any ownership. He's just like, "I, I don't know if I can fix it. Check with my secretary." And in my head, I'm like, "What are you talking about? Well, I think this is your practice, right?" But that's just me getting mama bear protective. But anyway, from there a pharmacist had told us about this other dentist closer to our house to try. And so we go to that dentist and poor Gwen has to go through another procedure and get another temporary filling. And then that doctor was too scared to take the the tooth out because she didn't have the the tools and she didn't have any references. And so that was in September. And then she had to go on antibiotics again. And we finally found a pediatrician here in town that like, treats kids in ways that we're used to and she's getting her tooth pulled out today and i'm so glad her other one's about to grow in as well but it's just one of those things where it's like when it comes to medical care for yourself and for your kids there's something to be said for being willing to advocate and and not just put yourself in this position of deference because you don't have the same letters behind your name as somebody else so someone might have letters behind their name but you always know yourself, you know your body. And I love the doctors who get that and really want patients to lean into their trusting, lean into their knowing, lean into their gut. And that's something that I always talk to That I, when I have had babies and things like that. I don't know if it's because my husband went through dental school and I was just, I was around a bunch of kids who were going to school to be dentists that were just as mature or immature as me. And so I've just seen dentists and doctors as equals to me. So when it comes to my care, I'm, I've always been pretty willing to, to self-advocate. And so my point in sharing this little, bit, little story is that while it can be important for certain things that we're needing, it can be a good base sometimes to make sure that there are letters to the right of somebody's name. But also it's not the only base, right? Like I know the... <laughs> I know a lot of someone who went through through my bachelor's degree, master's degree. I know a lot of people who aren't that great of accountants. And my husband knew plenty of people who cheated their way through dental school. And so as I speak to this, something on my mind to this idea of paying attention to there being letters behind someone else's name or not is where are we consciously and unconsciously developing subtle or not subtle superiority? over others because of our perceived cognitive cloud or vice versa, right? I think it was a little bit more generational if you go up a generation or two to believe that the doctor's always right, do what the doctor says, but also where did that idea even come from? And so I think it's important to reflect on where we are developing this for ourselves or others because of what we look like or what they look like on paper. And vice versa, right? Where we're unconsciously deferring our authority to others because of something that someone else has on paper. So this can be degrees. This can be letters after our names. This can be certifications. This can be how we look. This can be how old we are, what color our skin is, who our partner is, where we live, where we grew up. It can be so many different things. And so again, if you feel like you can check in with yourself non-judgmentally, Just ask yourself, am I doing this and where? And does it cause me to think of people as others or less than or less intelligent or less important? Because these doing this can create this really subtle form of dehumanization. And dehumanizing somebody can start with this simplistic, subtle superiority and it matters. And then when world events unfold, these thinking patterns that may be playing out in our little circles where we live, our privilege bubbles or our circles. Those same patterns can play out in our observation of world events. Thus, again, dehumanizing others. And I think so much of our work is to listen and to figure out how to support people on an individual level and not use our intellect to keep us cut off from our heart. So what I'm speaking to today is intellectualization as a form of dehumanization of humans around the world and in our own world, and even in our coaching world. When we hierarchize ourselves, are we dehumanizing others? At the same time, I do think that this happens subtly when we again develop that subtle superiority or when we hierarchize ourselves because of intellect okay and i think what we're missing is that another big piece of this is that we when we intellectualize away a situation not only are we sometimes what this can cause is again for us to dehumanize others, but it also cuts ourselves away from our heart, right? It distances or dissociates us from our heart. And our heart is connected to humanity and our, and humanity lies in our heart. And yeah, like where does this happen? Let's think about political events. During my undergraduate degree, I was an economics major, science. And when I look back, when I was in it, it was cool to really analyze and intellectualize. All of these different events, but this overall overanalysis kept teachers and me as a student up in my head and out of my body. It kept me from feeling, feeling through something. And so, I think it's something to be mindful of as, as humans. Is for some of us, it is our natural way, like processing through something is thinking through something. And for some, it's verbalizing, and for some, it's moving, and some it's feeling. But but a lot of times. Thinking can keep us from accessing our heart and and feeling through something, okay? And perhaps this is what I needed then because it felt more certain and safe. And I really did value the illusion of certainty and safety when I was younger. And that's also why I loved math so much. Yet it kept me from my heart. It kept me from my soul, okay? So while I think it's really amazing to see how far we've advanced, how far we've come as a society By using our prefrontal cortexes, what if that is even limited, right? Some people speak of ancient civilizations that were more advanced than we are today. And it just makes me wonder, what if that had more to do with what they were combining with their prefrontal cortexes to become more advanced, right? What if they were combining their, more of their heart and their soul space with their prefrontal cortex It's just something that is missing in the world today. And when we bring this back to the coaching industry, I will hear coaches talk about how much they know the brain, they understand the brain, and they know everything there is to know about the brain and, and all of these different things. And I think that's amazing. And I think it's a, an incredible, perhaps even essential base to have. Also, what about our bodies? Okay. If you haven't yet accessed the intuitive, all-knowing power source of your body, you're missing out. Okay. And of course there's an an order to this. Okay. There's got it. There's some steps that kind of need to be at play sometimes for people to be willing to connect with their bodies. So please be kind to yourself as I say this, because it comes at different times for everybody else. For me, there was a certain cognitive understanding I needed to have of the brain and trauma and nervous system and things like that. And then not just the cognitive understanding, but that practice and developing more safely safety in my body to then move from there to living from this more intuitive soul led space. And so I celebrate anybody doing this work wherever you are, and we're all meant to be in different spaces at different times. So as I'm saying this, and you're like, oh, I want to be there, but that doesn't feel like me yet. That's fine. Celebrate where you are. I celebrate past versions of me for doing the same because that was part of my order into being where I am now. Okay. And for a lot of people, cognitive understanding and even one dimensional mindset work, as limited as it is, it can be a starting point for people to provide a means, enough of a means of safety to do deeper work, okay? I just wanna say too is one thing I don't always understand is how people or why people elevate themselves above the body work (laughs) by focusing so heavily on their cognitive clout and staying in their limited brain space because, again, our cognitive mind is limited. It's limited to what we can see and what we can intellectualize, what we can analyze and understand now. And that's the beautiful thing about living and being feeling safe enough to go into this body space because that way you can take steps in the direction that you feel called to go based on your intuition, even when your cognitive mind hasn't quite caught up yet. Okay, because staying in that limited brain and then hierarchizing yourself because of that and saying that this is the way, um, its sometimes I think it's a little bit of like, a space where patriarchy is doing its job if it can keep us up in our brain and out of our body. Okay, and same with capitalism too. The more that these systems keep us up in our brain, in our intellectual space, that keeps us out of our body space, which is our power space, our intuitive space, our soul space, our creative space. And so that's why learning how to Developing out these layers of contextual understanding, but also doing work of soothing and taking care of your nervous system and honoring that can help you feel safe enough to go this direction that I'm speaking to. And keep in mind, because something to remember too, that I also hear in in coaching space, but even in just the world today with all the different careers that there are, is like, for a lot of us people who have very cognitive minds, I haven't Incredibly cognitive brain. I was an accounting major for my undergrad or an economics major for my undergrad. Um, I was two to five years younger, like almost all of my peers, and they were all men. So it was a very technical degree. And and keep in mind something to remember is that can be helpful for people who are really enjoy being in this cognitive, what I see as can be a limiting brain space, is that there are people who have learned all of this cognitive stuff, nervous system stuff, trauma stuff, so that they can, those are all these beautiful layers that support them going into their body and living from that space. And, and sometimes when I hear people talk about this cognitive space versus this intuitive space, it's almost like this either, or, (laughs) and I just want to say that for me, it's layered, it's layered onto that. And so leaning into this really intuitive space doesn't take away your cognition or your intuitive intellect. If anything, it expands that. Okay, Um, And I think it's cool because as we layer over our cognition and our contextual understanding of the world, and we feel safe enough to let these flowier, less linear, more fluid parts be seen... We know how to blend as needed. And and I feel like for me, I've expanded into this deep, trusting, intuitive sense and understanding of my body, its intelligence, how it knows truth. And that doesn't mean that any of my cognitive sense or understanding of the brain, nervous system, trauma, relational abuse, relational trauma, different things like that just disappears. No, it just provides this beautiful grounding base for what I see as this limitless expansiveness that I can access. And I feel this is what the world needs. This is what Earth and humanity is starved for, in my opinion. More men and women living from their intuitive sense, their soul-led space versus their cognitive minds. Okay. A lot of the problems that we have in the world today come from just living, living or acting or behaving or making decisions from this very limited cognitive space. And I think a lot of the answers will come as we all, as humanity continues to evolve and live more from this heart led, soul led space. And something that's really cool too, that I've noticed, I have, I've had a few people come into my programs who have recognized over the past year or two, that they have these spiritual gifts and they want, they, while they know they have these spiritual gifts that have dropped in, They really want to ground into the contextual understanding of a lot of the work that I do because I have, of course, a ton of science-based, science-backed work that that I teach in my program, which is for a lot of people that's like the bridge. That's something to keep in mind too, is it doesn't always come in the same order. And I just want to honor the people who have had these spiritual gifts dropping in and also see the importance and essentiality of being trauma-informed while using those gifts as well. And of course there's nuance to this. So I don't want to say there's only one way to do that. Another thing I want to talk about is this idea of this idea. And actually, I think I heard this line in the Barbie movie where she says, being emotional is expansive. And I I absolutely believe that. Okay. Because again, like when it comes to serious, sustainable, long lasting solutions for humanity and ourselves, Because we are one and the threat of humanity, while humanity also rests in us, we've got to go beyond the brain and into our heart and souls for that solution, okay? This brain space is where too many of today's problems have perhaps come about. So that's not where they're going to be solved as well. The problems that we see in the world today are solvable and it's possible to reverse some of the stuff that almost seems irreversible and it comes With you, it starts with you honing in on your heart space, your soul space. And just you doing that is going to elevate that collective consciousness and support humanity in doing the same. And this is why the self trust triad that I developed and utilize in my certification programs is so paramount and helpful because this way you can bridge yourself into your heart and soul and intuitive sense safely. Okay. Where we have contextual understanding of the world that we're living in and things that are happening in our body. Yet we know how to ground. We know how to soothe ourselves. We know how to honor our nervous system and and really uh, take care of that as well. We know when to edge. And this way we can distinguish nervous system triggers from our intuition. This way we can make big life decisions like divorce or staying married or changing jobs or separation or having a baby in a hotel, not a hotel, in a hospital versus our house, starting business, stopping a business, moving, not moving, investing, not investing, allowing friendships to come full circle and complete, setting boundaries, maintaining boundaries. Like you can do these things from a space of grounded empowerment. And when it comes to solutions for our world problems, we need to access more than the cognitive mind. And I just want to offer that when it comes to you living the life that your soul is calling you towards, the answer may be deeper or go beyond what your cognitive mind can even pick up on today. And that's good news because that means whatever you can dream up today with your cognitive mind, even that is limited when it comes to what could actually come back to you. Okay. So while it's a place to start being in that cognitive space, it's not the place for all of us to be forever. And of course, there's nuance to this. And I'll never presume to know what's best for people and when there's timing and play for all of this. So just check in with yourself as I speak to this and see what resonates. But if you come and you come see what it's like to live in this soul space, to live in this intuitive space, to live from your power space and to feel safe doing that where sure maybe western science hasn't completely caught up to yet although it's making strides it's pretty damn magical so are you ready to become a part of our forever community of trauma-informed coaches go to lindsaypullman.com and see if my advanced certification is a fit for you